This podcast is not meant to be professional advice of any kind. It's meant to be informative and entertaining. If you make any changes to your life, see the appropriate professional before you do so. Hello, and welcome to SuperAge. My name is David Harry Stewart. I'm the founder of Aegist. At SuperAge, we help you live better and become the best version of yourself. And who doesn't want a SuperAge? Today's show is brought to you by Great Lakes Wellness, celebrating 100 years of trusted heritage this year. They are the makers of my favorite collagen products. Check them out at greatlakeswellness.com. Use code AGEIST, A-G-E-I-S-T, all caps, to save 20% on all their products. Welcome to episode 88 of the Super Age Podcast. It is great to have you with us. This will be dropping on June the 22nd, 2022. Today we're going to devote the entire show to one of my favorite topics, which is sauna. And we've had a lot of questions about different kinds of sauna, how to do sauna, what to wear in the sauna, when to do the sauna. Um, so it's really one of the my favorite things to do. It's um, something that has enormous health and wellness benefits. It's super easy. Basically, all you do, you just sit there and you get yourself hot. Um, but we're going to tell you how to do it and when to do it and, all, and, and sort of all the questions people have around it. So we're going to get to that in just a second. And I want to remind everybody about a couple of things that we do here. The first is we have our Google Voice call-in number, which is 801-871-5291. And you can also text us on that line. In fact, we got a couple of texts this week, um, which were super interesting. And we're going to get to those in a second. And the other is we do Hot or Not. This is sort of like fun game show thing we do on Mondays. And this week we had the amazing, the brilliant, the genius Stacey London on <laughs> And she's like so much fun. So um, if you want to have a quick like 20 minutes of entertainment, um, go to our Instagram channel, which is We Are Ageist, and check out the um, recording that we have there of myself and Stacey London. Um, So much fun. So big shout out to our audience in Australia, um, who I have to say, hey, Americans, like up your game, because the Australians are way more communicative with us. I got to say, um, you Australians out there, you love to write emails to us, and and we got a couple of texts, and you leave us messages on our Google Voice number, and we just love that. We think that's great. And actually, we got a message uh, a few weeks ago from Gregory, um, who is, I think, outside of Sydney, and it was um, it was a text message on our Google Voice number, and he was asking us about sauna. And he was asking us about the differences between infrared sauna and regular sauna and the times. And that's one of the reasons we're doing this broadcast today. So, Gregory, this whole thing is a big shout out to you um, and to all your other Australian friends who may also have questions about sauna. Um, so thank you for that. Um, and everyone, if if you would like to contact us with anything, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you know, you can hit me up, email david at superage.com. You can use our Google Voice. You can text us. You can hit us up with DMs on Instagram. We read all of them. We respond to all of them. Um, we love communication. So tell us what's on your mind. Today's show is brought to you by Great Lakes Wellness, makers of my favorite collagen product. As all of you know, we only work with brands that we trust and that we use. I've been using Great Lakes Collagen for 
probably two years now. Um, it's a great product. I feel great when I use it. Great Lakes Wellness is an industry-leading manufacturer of expertly crafted nutrition-based wellness products with a mission to lead a fresh, positive conversation around healthy aging. That's what we do here, too. Their collagen products are made with clean, functional ingredients, expertly formulated to support the unique needs for your personal aging journey, from joint and digestive health to strong hair, nails, and more. It's nearly tasteless, colorless, odorless, easily digested. It will not congeal in any cold liquids. I've tried that. It doesn't. It works great. It makes it a perfect addition to any cold or hot beverages, smoothies, or recipes. I've been putting it in my morning coffee for over two years, and it has made a marked difference in how my joints feel. Go to greatlakeswellness.com. Use the code AGIST, A-G-E-I-S-T, all caps, to save 20% on all their products. So let's talk about sauna. So why do I love sauna? All right. I'm going to read you some statistics from a study that was done in Eastern Finland a couple of years ago called the KIHD study. It was 2,300 middle-aged men. Yes, it's always men they do these studies on, but I don't know. I'm not in charge of the study. So um, anyway, 2,300 middle-aged men. And this is what they found. And this, this blows my mind. So if you do sauna between two and three times a week, you have a 27% less, you're 27% less likely to die from cardiovascular related events. That's pretty good, right? But if you do it twice as much, because this is dose dependent, so you do like four to seven times a week, you're, you get twice the benefits. So you're 50% less likely to die from cardiovascular related events. And this is the stat that I love. If you frequently use the sauna, your chance of all-cause mortality, now this includes car crashes, falling off of ladders, and other things that could happen to you, goes down by 40%. There are very few things you can do out there that can reduce your all-cause mortality by 40% that involve just you basically sitting for 20 minutes, like five days a week. Um, that's extraordinary to me. So there's also a lot of um, uh, brain health benefits to this. So if you, um, in the study anyway, four to seven times a week, uh, in sauna you get a 66% chance, lower chance of developing dementia, 66% reduction in developing Alzheimer's. So those are some really huge numbers. Like they're very few things that'll hit those kinds of numbers that um, you know are really verified within a big study like this. It's not a huge study, but you know, twenty three hundred people—that's pretty reasonable. So, what are they doing? Uh, well, the study was done in um, Finnish-style saunas, and these are between one hundred and eighty and a little over two hundred degrees Fahrenheit, um, and it's being in the sauna for twenty minutes. But you don't have to be in the in the sauna continuously for 20 minutes. So you can do, you know, you do like 10 minutes because it's pretty hot, right? Um, and you go out and like, you know, cool off for a second and go back in. You get those benefits. But the thing is, it's got to be really hot, like 180 degrees. Um, and we're going to talk about why that is in a second um, and what the differences are between, say, doing a classical style Finnish sauna and an infrared sauna. And last week we had Dr. Scott Shear on. We had a, as, as part of the discussion, we were talking about the differences between infrared sauna and regular sauna. And as he very clearly puts it, 
Regular sauna is a form of exercise. It is a cardiovascular exercise. And in fact, I remember listening to someone on the podcast, some a different podcast, and they were talking about how, like if you had if you had someone who just really loathes exercise, they just they just hate the whole thought of it. But they're okay with sauna because it sort of fits into like a spa paradigm. And that's they, they feel that's good. So if if they can just sit in a sauna for 20 minutes, five days a week, they're essentially getting zone two cardio for 20 minutes um, by not, and they're not moving. They're just sitting there. They get really hot, right? But they're, they're not moving. And so I've worn a heart rate monitor in um, a regular sauna and it will go up. My heart rate will go up significantly. So if I haven't exercised before, and I go in, I sit down, you know, my heart rate will be like, you know, you know started like 70 or something. Um, and then after 20 minutes, it's going to be, you know, maybe 110. So that's my body reacting to the, you know, trying to keep myself cool in there. Now, I think this is one of the sort of key indicators about whether sauna, infrared sauna, steam, any of these things are actually working. Um, I think one of the ways to judge is what happens to your heart rate. So if your heart rate is going up significantly, and if I've done, say, a heavy workout and I go in and my heart rate's already somewhat elevated, like 90, and I've had, you know, I don't know, I've had like an hour and 15, hour and a half workout, and I go in there, by the end of that, you know, my heart rate's going to be more like 130, 135 which is also not so great. We're going to get to that in a second. But one of the things to, you know, to think about is that this is actually a form of exercise. It's a hormetic stress on your body. And by hormetic stress, I'm referring to the process of hormesis, which means an adaptation response by your body. It's not necessarily a relaxing thing um, because what you're doing is you're putting a stress on your body. And referring to stress on the body, one of the things I've learned is that if I have a heavy workout in the gym, at the end of my workout, what I need to do is, and this is something we talked about with, with Scott last week, is to click my body out of the, the sympathetic sort of fight or flight of the exercise program to um, a regeneration rebuilding mode, which would be your parasympathetic, um, and to get everything to sort of calm down. So, you know, you do that after the workout by breathing exercises, close your eyes, listen to some calm music, get your body to immediately start into this repair mode. Now, what I found <laughs> through some, you know, failed self-experimentation here was that if I get into a 180 degree sauna after I have a heavy workout, really what I'm doing is continuing the workout. So rather than having a, you know, hour and 15 or so workout, my workout gets close to like an hour and 45 or two hours, and I'm not actually clicking myself into parasympathetic. Actually, what I'm doing is heightening my sympathetic response. So it's, again, it's, it's a hormetic stress on your body. So what I've learned is that if I have a heavy workout in the gym, I don't go in the sauna because what it does is it just jacks my body up even more, and I have trouble you know, calming down. If especially if I do it later in the day, I can't go to sleep at night. Um, what I've done is, if I have sort of every other day from my heavy workout days, I'll have sort of a recovery day in the gym, and then I'll go into the sauna for 
20 minutes or a half hour. And then it's fine. So my body, it's not as much of a stress on my body. And that seems to work out pretty well. So this is one of the differences between regular sauna and infrared sauna. And, you know, as Scott was saying last week, he was saying like, well, infrared sauna is more of a de-stressing sort of activity um, because your heart rate doesn't go up as much. And my feeling on this is that the heart rate doesn't go up that much because it's not making your body that hot. The, in infrared sauna, they tend, when I've been in there, um, they're just not as hot. Like you're not getting this sort of hormetic adaptation response you do as if you're in a, you know, 180 or 190 degree room for 20 minutes. Um, but it's, so they're different. So the, an infrared sauna would be, unless it's a very powerful one. And I think the way that you can check this is to just look at your heart rate. So if your heart rate is, you know, going up dramatically, um, after you've been in, you know, done it for 20 minutes, well, then it's probably, you're, you're probably getting that hormetic response because that's an indication that your body is, is, um, you're upping your blood flow to keep your body cooled down. If you're not getting that really, you know, that, that elevated heart rate, it's doing something else. So it's not to say there's nothing good about infrared saunas. There's a lot good about them. So, you know, you're, you're still sweating. Um, you're uh, releasing these toxins from your body. It can be a relaxing activity. Um, if there's red light involved um, near infrared, there are benefits to that. So it's, they're, they're just different. There's just sort of a different thing. Um, and as you know, as Scott was saying last week, if you come from say a heavy workout and you want to de-stress, then maybe think about you know you go to the infrared sauna and you sort of chill out. Um, if you go into you know as I was saying, you go into a regular sauna, it's not really a ch- your body doesn't as- take this as a <laughs> chill out, of course, because it's really hot. But you're amping your body up because you're you're taking on another sort of cardiovascular exercise. Now, one of the other sort of obvious things about sauna is hydration. You're going to lose a lot of water um, and you need to stay hydrated in the sauna, whatever, whether it's infrared or regular sauna or steam or whatever you're doing. Um, your body's mechanism for cooling itself is, of course, sweating. And the hotter you get, the more you're going to sweat. So what I do is I take a 32-ounce um, it's actually metal and I wrap it in a towel so it doesn't get too hot. Um, and uh, so I've got my 32 ounces of water and I put a little of um, some electrolyte in it, something with some sodium in it. There's LMNT. There's a number of these sort of electrolyte products. These are really good because you're going to be secreting not only a lot of sweat, but also a lot of salt, a lot of sodium. And to rehydrate, you're going to want to have that extra sodium in the water to help that get back into your body. And I'll drink from the water, you know, I don't know, every five minutes or so. And yeah, it gets really hot unless you wrap it in a towel. So you got to be a little careful with that. Um, Speaking of other things that get hot in the sauna, your phone, I believe at about 140 degrees, your phone will shut off. Um, Sometimes I bring my phone into the sauna. I often do because I want to check my heart rate or I want to listen to a podcast on my earbuds or something like that. But I, I take the, the phone and I wrap it in a towel also so it doesn't get too hot. So let's talk about the times that you want to do a sauna. The, you know, and, I, and I think that this is, goes back to what I was saying about the, that it's, it's a hormetic stress on your body. So 
if you're going to go to the gym and if you're going to do what like what I did was you have a heavy workout and then you get into to a finished style sauna, your body is going to be jacked. Um, and it's going to take you quite a while to get your CNS, your central nervous system to calm down enough so that you can go to sleep. So you don't want to do something like that later in the day. However, if you go in to either kind of sauna, the infrared sauna, steam bath, regular sauna, and you're doing it later in the day, but you haven't come from a workout. So, you're, so your body is not already all stressed out from whatever you've done in the gym. Then what you're doing is you're, you're heating up your body core. And one of the triggers for good sleep is the ramp down of your body temperature. That's one of the signals of your body to go to sleep. So as we, you know, we talk about one of the keys to good sleep is you want to have a room that's, you know, fairly cool because then your body, you know, is your body sort of, it's not so much the temperature your body is at, it's the, the delta, it's the change between where your body was and where it's going. And that's what triggers um, one of the sleep responses. So if you were to say, you know, do sauna at like 6 to 6.30 or so, and um, again, your heart rate isn't getting so crazy high, then you take a shower and you go home. It's, it's sort of similar to that like hot bath before going to sleep. So that c- can be very helpful. Um, and I think the same thing would be applied to doing an infrared sauna. We've also gotten some questions about what happens when you alternate, when you go from sauna to cold. Now, the word for that is called contrast therapy. Uh, and that involves you heat yourself up in a regular sauna and um, then you get into... Usually, you know, like 45 degree water, 50 degree water for three or four minutes. And what you're doing there is you're, so your, your body is going from uh, extreme cooling to um, you need to heat yourself up. And this forces the blood to co- your, um, it sort of forces things back and forth within your lymph uh, system and your vascular system. And depending on how much you do it and to what extreme you can do it, this can be um, really aid the sort of re, the recovery effect from cold because the, the effect from the cold is is yeah you um, you know it will reduce inflammation immediately but what happens is when you get out of the cold and you get this sort of reflex this vascular rebound that happens um, this can get amplified because you're going from say the hot um, so everything is dilated. You go into the cold and everything gets constricted, and then you get out and it gets um, dilated again. So that can be um, somewhat helpful. It can be fairly shocking to the system, um, and I don't think this is something someone should do. You know, especially if you have some kind of cardiac condition, you want to make sure that that's okay. Um, and it's—I don't think it's something you want to do more than like twice in a session because it can be pretty impactful. And I think that, you know, one of the things you want to keep in mind with sauna, with cold, with any kind of sort of hormetic stress that you put on your body is it's the recovery from the stress. And this, this applies to strength training, to aerobic training, any of this. It's your body's adaptation response that where often the benefit is. So you don't want to be doing too much of it or you're going to, you're going to overstress. Now, surprisingly, one of the things that people have a lot of trouble with with sauna is what to wear and how to behave. 
<laughs> it seems to really throw um, a number of the women that I've spoken to about sauna. So, you know, if you have your sauna in your house and it's just you, well, whatever. Um, you probably just want to wear something very similar to what you would wear swimming because you, there's going to be a lot of water involved and that's going to be your sweat. So you want to have something on that can manage that well and, you know, like stay away from cotton and things like that. But if you're in, um, you know, you go to a sauna at a gym, so what do you wear? So I know this seems like a really simple question, but um, it seems to confound people. So again, you want to stay away from like cotton underwear. That's not, you're not going to be too happy with that. Um, Lycra, bike shorts, um, something that you would wear to a pool would be appropriate. And here in America, um, keep, uh, you know, you want to be a certain degree of modesty. Um, and my understanding is I have friends in the Baltics and it's apparently forbidden to go into the sauna while wearing clothes. So it's a little different there, but here I remember an incident earlier in the year. Um, a woman came into our sauna, um, without wearing a top and, um, you know, here in Mormon, Utah, that's that's just no go and so we had to tell her like hey you gotta like put some more clothes on if you can come in here um so uh, something to think about uh in in the sauna that i go to it's um fairly social there's a lot of sort of conversation and banter within there and people talk about different things um in other saunas i've been to people don't do that at all that's um kind of I don't know, disturbing to them. So the, they listen to their earbuds or they just sit there quietly and they try and breathe. Um, you know, I would, I would have an open mind about this, about what goes on in there. Sometimes when people come into the sauna that I'm in and there's all this conversation going on and they, they, they're like, well, this is not what I expected, but um, it's just sort of, um, it's sort of the sporty version of the bar at Cheers. <laughs> you know, everybody just goes there and you talk about whatever's going on in the town. Now, in, in some saunas, depending on the kind that you're in, um, it's encouraged to throw water onto these hot rocks. Uh, and I think you just want to pay attention to what, what is producing the heat. So if you have an electrical heater in there and you throw water on it, that may not lead to a really good outcome for the heater. Um, so... You know, before you do something like that, just um, pay attention to there's probably a sign there. And if it says, like, don't put water on it, like pay attention to that because you're going to you'll you'll break it. Um, if you see something like clearly if there's like a bucket and there's water with a ladle and there's some hot rocks there and you want to put water on there. OK, so what the reason the water tends to make the room, it doesn't make the room hotter. What it does is it increases the humidity in the room, which increases the heat conductivity of the room, so the transmission of the heat to your skin. And it also reduces the ability of your body to cool itself through sweating because you've increased the humidity in the room. So I'll tell you a fail that I watched someone do. Um, we had an electrical heater in this sauna that I use, and someone who hadn't been in there before and we weren't kind of paying attention. And she was like, do you guys care if I put something? She had some kind of essential oil or something. She's like, can I do that? And we weren't really paying attention. She just like poured it onto the heater, which caused the oil to burn and fill the very small room with a lot of acrid smoke of her essential oil. Um, so black mark for her. 
And um, so, again, sort of like just, just be conscious of like what you put on these heat elements. Now, suppose you don't want to install an infrared sauna in your house or a regular sauna or you don't have access to a sauna or you don't really have the time to go to a place like this. There's, um, there are alternatives. So there's something called a sauna blanket. Um, and we actually sell one of these in our shop uh, by higher dose. And I think there's um, I think there's a discount code if you go to the shop at Aegis.com. And what these work on is it's like a it's a, it's a blanket. Um, it's more like a sleeping bag. And you sort of get in this and they get very hot. Um, I've tried one of these um, and they work pretty well. Like, And the way I know, again, the way I test it to see if it works well is I'm just watching my heart rate. And if I get really hot, I'm sweating, and my heart rate is elevating for a period of time, that lets me know that it's having that sort of hormetic shock effect on my body. So that's, that's an alternative um, that I know a lot of people use. Uh, and the question, <laughs> the question when I first saw this is like, hey, if I sweat in this, you know, what's the bacterial load and stuff in here? How do I clean this out? And it turns out that's not a problem at all. Um, very easy to maintain. So there's a lot of thinking about why does heat and the, and the body's reaction to heat, why is this so beneficial to our health? And as we discussed earlier, there's this cardiovascular response to it, but there's also something called heat shock proteins that are released in your body. And these are thought to have a whole range of positive effects, especially on neurogenerative diseases. So these positive brain effects seem to go beyond just the cardiovascular. So these heat shock proteins seem to have something to do with that. There seems to be quite a bit of science around that. And also what happens in sauna is you release growth hormone. And what's interesting about that is that there have been these studies about people they... I don't know whoever signs up for these studies, but uh, they, they were putting people in the sauna... For they'd go like 20 minutes out for 10 minutes in for 20 minutes. And they would all they would do this like eight times a day. Uh, and they would test their growth hormone levels and they were like vastly elevated. But if you do say um, a sauna every day for you know five or six days, you don't get that massive boost in growth hormone, but you do get some. So there is something to be said for doing some sort of um, strength training, and then going into the sauna. And you know, just to sort of circle back to that, what we were talking about with contrast therapy, the thing that I personally love about cold is how it makes me feel. So yeah, the lymph glands and you know all that stuff, that's, that's great. But what I love about it is I feel like Superman when I get out of the cold because of the you know, the neuroadrenaline that's released in my brain and some of the other hormones in my brain that get released from the cold, that's what's really great. So, uh, you know, it, it would be interesting to do a study about what happens with contrast therapy between the, the growth hormone from the heat and then with the cold, you get all that neuroadrenaline happening, um, which I find to be just um, amazing for supercharging how my thinking works. Uh, so let's summarize this sauna thing. 
Um, so there are two kinds of sauna, right? There's the, the kind that gets like really hot, classic um, finished sauna. Maybe you throw some water on it. And then there's the infrared. So they're really two different things. The one is much more of an exercise and the other is a de-stressing. Um, what do I do? What I do is I try to get to a regular finished sauna, the one in my gym, so 180 degrees, and do that 20 to 30 minutes, probably three times a week. Sometimes I do four, sometimes I do two. But the health benefits, that 40% reduction in all-cause mortality is just an astonishing number. So I just, I just like force myself to go in there and just do it. Um, and I, I think it's probably something everyone should do if they can. If they can't, you know, um, get one of the sauna blankets and do it in your house. Do hydrate. And when you hydrate, make sure there's some sodium compounds, the LMNT, salt, something like that, so that you don't get dehydrated. That's one of the things I found really quickly early on when I was doing this is I would leave the the sauna and I would feel kind of dizzy and weak and kind of out of it. And I realized what it was, was just um, dehydration and a loss of electrolytes for my body. So there you go. That is our huge (laughs) wrap up on sauna. If you have any questions about this, please hit me up, david at superage.com. You can send us a text if you're feeling shy, or you can call us if you're feeling brave on our Google call in number 801-871-5291. Thank you for joining us on the show today. And a big shout out to our sponsor, Great Lakes Wellness, for their wonderful collagen products. I had some of my coffee this morning, and I suggest that you do the same. Go to greatlakeswellness.com. Use the code AGIST at checkout. Save 20%. Thanks for joining us. Please, if you can, share this podcast with someone that you think could use it. Uh, Please leave us a rating. We love that. And everyone, have a wonderful week. Stay cool out there, except if you're in the sauna. And if you haven't tried a sauna before, hey, send us a message. Let us know what your feelings are on it, what your thoughts are. Was it beneficial? Was it super unpleasant? Who knows? Um, Let us know. Everybody, we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye now. Bye now.